Hello and welcome to UK Cowboys Fans TV, episode 16 of season 4, if I am stand corrected. Um, but yes, it's here for the pre-game show against whatever you want to call this team nowadays. The Washington <laughs> Commanders, apparently, they're now called. Who knows, they might next year be called the Washington Sentinels or the Washington whatever. Uh, but anyway, guys, how are we doing? Yeah, not too bad. I like that last name, the Washington Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, it's such a, I just still can't come to grips with it. Like, it was, it used to be the WTF team, Um, obviously, they're no longer called the Redskins anymore, but of all the options they had out there to pick for a new team monarch or whatever you want to call it, they probably picked the most least favourite and even their own fans even objected to this as well. So Yep. I, I saw and I they, they even took everything they took everything from the Alliance of American football team that was in based in San Antonio as well, you know. It was, yeah, it, even it stole was the their, whole copycat thing that we were talking about. They copied us I, with the that's right. I, I, that's right. You're you're so right. The Washington copycats, you're right. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh yeah, and even the new uniforms, they're even trying to make a fashion statement uh, going into this game by wearing the new black jerseys. So, what a, like, that's because they're going to be in mourning after the end of this game. So, well, I do, you know, it's this is one way to dress up for their own funeral, I guess, isn't it? Mm. Do you know what, Oh, that? oh, yes, that's a good point, Jamie. So for anyone that's here within the UK Cowboys fans, yes, the game is at an reasonable time for within the UK and Europe. 6 p.m. within UK time. Um, but yeah, and uh, but yeah, without further ado, we have our special guest just arriving. It's our guy next. What's happening, brother? Hey, what's going on, my guys? How are we doing? I do apologize for the short notice of asking you to come on, dude, but we'd love to get your insight for this pregame show that we've got against the the whatever you want to call this team nowadays. <laughs> we'll, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep we'll, we'll, we'll keep it respectful. The the, the commanders. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep it respectful. <laughs> yeah. So so just before you just came on there, we, we were just highlighting uh, for us here in the UK, it's actually a respectable time. We can actually watch a football game, which is six p.m. in the UK. Okay. Uh, so twelve p.m. Central your time. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, but yeah, um, before uh, we move on to do the news updates, what was your thoughts about the Giants game, actually? I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, the game kind of played out how I expected. Um, you know, we kind of previewed it over on our channel at Pick 6 Sports, and, you know, they were 2-0, they were riding high, they were, you know, they were looking for some validity. You know, the coaching staff has been a lot better for them this year thus far. And it was kind of like, look, it's going to be nip and tuck, it's Monday Night Football, you know, NFC East battle. I said, I think you're going to see some defense. You're going to see some, it's like an old, it's going to be like a throwback game. Mm. And it's kind of what we got. Yep. And, you know, kind of the big thing about him was, was simply you had to limit what, what Barkley did. And you understood, you know, he had to gauge for that one big run. Cause that's how they've played all year. And sure enough, he did get the one big run, but uh, this defense continues to impress. Uh, we we discussed the interior of the line. Shout out to Dan Quinn getting into some stunts. I thought he might get a little tricky there, which he did. Yep. D-Log gets home on a sack on that, right, as well. So, 
I mean, in this, not God, the amount of pressures, what this defense is bringing is uh, next it's, level type it, stuff. It, it, it's ridiculous. I think, at the top of my head, I think that it's been the highest uh, quarterback pressures in a single game all season so far without, without the whole NFL. So I think it was roughly about 25 if yeah. I'm mistaken. So that that's that on itself is ridiculous on itself. Um, but uh but yeah guys, um so we're here for the pregame show against the Washington Commanders. So let's jump jump into the news and updates, shall we? If I can get the wee introduction video. So a uh, Michael Gelkin kind of re- released a tweet earlier with regards to the injury report. Um, Lauren, I'll let you kind of bring out the, the all the news and updates for that and bring you in for that. Yeah, so anybody that checked in yesterday's one, it's really no different. Uh, Simi Fuhoko's got a shoulder injury. He was full participant. Michael Gallup, who by all accounts was, you know, ready to play on Monday night, but just thought he could do another extra week. He's He's been a full participant this week. Gifford's back. He's play, playing full. And then Curse, Demarcus Lawrence, Connor McGovern and Dalton Schultz are all limited. And then, of course, Dak is uh, not practicing at the moment as he's, you know, just waiting for the, the strength to get there with his thumb as well. So, um, but we're not in a position where we need to rush him back, which is good. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like like you said, Lauren. It's it, it's no much change. Like, but I, I'm not fairly concerned. Kind of going into this game, like obviously, I'm kind of hoping like the shows can maybe get better in time for the game type of thing. But we kind of knew regards to Dak. Um, he wasn't going to make this game. So, um, Jamie, what what are your thoughts with the injuries so far? It's uh, it's just I mean, it always seems to kind of come at the wrong time for us, and obviously that's the the main one in it. But you now we've looked the last couple of weeks. We're not we're not lighting the league up, but it's kind of damage limitation in it, and hopefully we can get another win or two on the board before Dax fully fit and like you say give some other guys some time to get back as well because the more depth you've got it's, it's always better for the team isn't it uh, absolutely and it's kind of funny that you mentioned that it returns to death but if there's one thing and i've and i'm sure you've seen this next and i'm, I'm sure everyone's seen this as the the media rampage has been going on for Cooper Rush right now to say, oh, he's better than Dak, he's better than this, and whatever and that. I'm, I'm just like, slow down here. It's only been three games. He was a better quarterback. He was cut. He's not even passed over 300 yards in a game yet, and he's only scored two touchdowns within that. And you're trying to say that he's the future and Dak's not? What do you think, guys? Is is a bit blown out of proportion here? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I think it is blown out of proportion. It's you know, it's it's all coming on the back of you know Jerry's comments last week, and you know exactly click click clickbait, you know all that sort of stuff. And they fell for the cheese. They, they fell for the yeah. cheese, Lauren. They fell yep. for the cheese from Jerry. So now <laughs> here they are. Now they're going to talk about this on all the big four-letter networks. They're going to have the square off and talk about them. And then people's going to pick it up and start breaking it down and overanalyzing it. You're absolutely right. So as you said, Jerry, they fell for the cheese. And that's why Jerry was tongue-in-cheek yep. and laughing about it because he knew. 
And, that, and that's, that's why we are the number one most valuable franchise in the world of sports. It's not so, yes, okay, we haven't had the championships, but we garner the most headlines because of what Jerry says, everybody pricks their ears up and everything like that. I thought the, the, the one that was good this week was the, the um, Dax had an interview with somebody and said that, you know, him just being on the sideline, he's getting to see the game slowing down, you know, e- even more so and getting to see how, how the plays are designed, which should help him come back. Um, you know, if he's if he's getting this, you got to remember that, you know, Dak was a fourth round pick thrust into the lineup purely because Kellimer day day one of training camp went down with a broken foot. Next thing, you know, Tony Romo, that third game, he's, you know, that's him out for 10, 11 weeks. And, you know, that's him. And other than, you know, he's, he's uh, when he broke his, when he had the compound fracture of his foot, you know, obviously he goes to IR, he can't be on the sidelines. Um, you then got COVID and stuff like that. So when he was, you know, particularly because of the COVID, he wasn't able to be on the sidelines there. Um, you know, and he's 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 now actually getting to be on the sidelines because we haven't put him on injured reserve. He gets to be on the sidelines. He gets to see all this, and this should help with his development, if nothing else. So, I, I, I say two are as well after one of the touch, after the touchdown towards the end. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so weird, like, it's, it's, it's such a Jerry thing to do, just to kind of bring anything up to make those media headlines. And and finally, as a Cowboys, as Cowboys fans, it's get to the point where can we just think, it's like, Jerry, can you just, like, stay away from the camera, stay away from the microphones, and let us actually focus on football and try and get the win? Like, him putting this unnecessary pressure and tension within the plus is not going to help one single bit at all. Do you know what, though? <laughs> You, you look at it that way as well, but kind of behind closed doors, every owner, every GM, every head coach wants a, a, a QB controversy, don't they? And I mean that in terms of, in just in terms because it's only better for, for the team you know, if if Cooper Rush thinks he's got a chance to keep Dak out of the team for a few more weeks than possible. It's going to elevate his play. It's then going to elevate Dak's play to get back in the team a lot quicker. They say it's competition, healthy competition for the team. It's just they say it's the Cowboys and the media like to spin it and make out that Jerry's try to give up on Dak in some kind of random weird way. It's just for them any other team, it wouldn't have been spun out of control like it is. It's just it's funny to to watch sometimes. Like you say, it's, it's like a soap opera in the team as well, isn't it? It, it does generally feel like sometimes our team is pretty much a reality TV show at times. But hey. <laughs> But hey, <laughs> but but enough that being said, we're going straight into it. We're here for the pregame. We're going to dry, dry, uh, let me get my words correctly here. I do apologize. Let's jump into the offense. So the Dallas Cowboys are playing against uh, a Washington defense. So I've kind of been mixed across the board so far. Um, as far as I'm aware, in terms of their defense their pass rush is ranked 23rd overall their run defense is ranked 26 overall um and this is according to pff um yeah. stats um in terms of their the 
Washington's a defensive stats. They only have eight sacks in total with a 13 tackles for losses overall in comparison to the Dallas Cowboys. We've got 13 sacks and 20 tackles for losses. So my question is for you guys, and we'll start with you next. Um, where do you think our offense has the best opportunity beating the commanders? Yeah, I think it just you kind of established an identity the last two weeks, right? And this is something that we've talked about, you know, within Kellen Moore's scheme for a while is what are we? Who are we? You know, and, and what is this identity of this team? And I think it kind of goes back to week one. And we kind of saw that game planning. It was very reminiscent of the Niners playoff game and maybe some of the hits and misses there towards the last stretch of the season, last half there. And then you heard Mike McCarthy that week leading up to the Bengals game really have some things to say about the uh, offense. I don't like option routes. Mm -hmm. I ain't seen no option routes all of a sudden. You know, he, he talks about, hey, when you have certain players, whenever he was doing the play call in San Francisco, he knew he had a section on his play call sheet of 10 or so plays there for Jerry Rice. I think he was sending the message when it comes to Pollard, you know, what we banged the table about using Pollard. Not, oh, well, Zeke's been in two series. All right, Paul, now you go in there and just run the same plays. And that's what we've seen the past two weeks is they've actually – schemed guys and put them in positions to be effective with their skill sets. So we have an identity. And I think with that being said, you stick to your identity at this point. One of the things that you were talking about, there was some of the stats when it comes to Washington, they're missing some big guys up front, right? Ionidas is out. He's out with an injury, yep. right? They're, they're missing Chase Young. He's still out with an injury. Their linebacking core, uh, they've moved Cole to the inside. He's kind of found in his way with the green dot. Now, now Davis started for, out of the gate not too good. He's played with the last couple of weeks. And from the Washington Commanders, uh, content creators I talked to, they don't want to talk about the other two linebackers. So that front seven sounds like they have some issues. And that kind of lines up with the Cowboys have been doing with this run game. And you stick to what you do here is what I would look at where the Cowboys have the ability to keep this win streak going and be effective here on Sunday against Washington. Yeah. yeah. They've got guys that are individually, they're performing. They're not, there's not the cohesion as a unit that we get, we have with our defense, you know, that, you know, Micah Parsons, who was 65% on Monday night, um, you know, he was, he was creating one-on-one -on -one matchups for Demarcus Lawrence. So OC, um, you know, Goldston, whoever whoever was on the field, Dorrance Armstrong, Dante Fowler, Sam Williams, you know, and, you know, we're getting the play from everybody uh, and they're not, they haven't got that cohesion down yet. Um, and, and it is because they are missing, you know, their big disruptive guys like Chase Young and Ioannidis and what have you. So, um, right. it's... <laughs> I think I think you know this. This is still a game. I think we can we can put our our imprint on this, and we should still be able to run the ball, um, which needs to be the identity of this offense. Other, you don't want this being on Cooper Rush's, uh, you know, throwing potential. Um, yeah. You, yeah, you don't want him behind the chains and constantly having to go third and long. Yeah, and another thing, too, when it comes down to the defense for Washington is 
they'll get stops. And right, and you'll talk about, I think they have somewhere around 17 plays where they've given up like a 20 yard gain. But realistically, it kind of bolds into their offense being not good out the gate. And they get a little tired, they get a little gassed, if you will. So, I mean, against the Eagles, I think they were still like negative one passing yard in the third quarter, right? So, this defense is not only are they don't have the cohesion as Lawrence talking about there, they're missing bodies as well. And then you get to the fact that this offense can't establish anything early. So they're getting gashed here and there because they're getting tired at times. And boy, when you start talking about people getting gashed and tired at times, the way this run game has been, especially last week in New York, when you get Pollard over a hundred yards, you get Zeke averaging 4.9 with about 75 yards, you know, 20, uh, what would end up 29 carries between the two of them. Yeah, that, that matters. And, you know, that's why I say you got to stick to who you are. What you've been the last two weeks should be this formula, not just right now with Rush, but when Dak comes back, this should be the formula as well. Yeah. Um, Jamie, I'll, I'll throw in this question for you because in regards to like the Cooper Rush, he does seem to have, especially in the passing game right now, he tends to have a, a, his number one target, which seems to be Noah Brown right now. Like over kind of like we do see CD Lamb getting involved, yeah, but because I think with the continuity between Noah Brown and Cooper Rush, because they were like second stringers, they had more time to work with each other. Whereas like so Dak and Lamb are more that, or Dak or Dalton Schultz. My question is for you, Jamie. Do you think we can expect to see Noah Brown ha- like get more involvement with this game as well, with Cooper Rush still being in the helms right at, at this moment? I would imagine so. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him get involved early. I know, like Lauren and Nick saying, obviously, try to establish an identity and run the ball, keep the ball. That it's, it's worked, especially last week. But from time to time, the run game's not going to work. So you, you've got to go to your trusted guy. And, and Noah Brown's clearly showing that, and he's, he's showing he could potentially be a capable number two receiver in this league. And it's not just the like the kind of little nitty-gritty kind of catches, do you know what I mean? Like the short yardage, he's making big plays down the sidelines and that's what you yeah. do, like saying, you, you've, you've, got to, you've got to have confidence in your quarterback throwing the ball um, a little a little bit deep from time to time because how many times have we seen it before where we've, we've all moaned in the in the various groups that we, we throw too many short slant routes off, too many short routes off, it's a hole and it's like, come on. Get this, get get the ball out. You know what I mean, it's and even you know what I mean, you could push that to City Land. You know what I mean, like especially the the last touchdown, the one to catch. You you you've got to put your receivers in them in them positions. You know what I mean, you make, get them to go up and make big plays. And naturally, you know I mean that's what these guys are making at the minute. So you know I mean, keep keep it going. But yeah, Noah Brown's definitely. He's showing what he can do. Um, just like I say, hopefully, fingers like I mean, we obviously want to see Talbot on the field and, and Gallup on there, but hopefully his, his game time is not going to get affected when so guys get back into yeah. it as well. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of point this out, I've got Noah Brown's statistics here on after three games. So he's he's had 15 recorded uh, passes out of 20, 21 targets and a total of 213 yards, which is an average of 14.2 yards with one touchdown. And his biggest gain so far has been a 28-yard. I mean, that's actually pretty hey, decent. Hey, Paul, yes. pull Mar- now pull up Mark Cooper's stats real quick for me. Oh, don't do this! Pull him up. No, just pull him up. I know. I know. I, I know what you're doing with us. I know what you're. Pull I know. Up. I know. I know. Pull, pull the Mark Cooper uh, stats. I, I'm bringing them up. I'm bringing it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, for Mark Cooper, 
yeah, 19 recorded targets under 27, 219 with an average of 11.5 with two touchdowns. So, I, I see what you did there, Ashley. I was yeah. expecting that to be I a lot that. more. That's <laughs> why I said, with all the talk about Cooper yeah. and everything, that guy, Brown, is right there with what Cooper's done so far. Yeah, and yeah, and the stats don't lie. Um, you know, I, think, I think we said it in the, in the group um, a couple of weeks ago. I said a couple of weeks ago, last week, the week before. Um, some of his catches as well have, have been pretty spectacular at times. Like he said the interception, oh. absolutely, because in the first half, yeah. that early reception he caught, that's easy interception if Noah Brown doesn't climb the ladder and go get mm. that thing. You're absolutely right, and, Jamie. And, 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 and some of them seem very Des, Des-esque. I'm not saying he's as good as, De, as Des Bryant, right. but like he's in some of them catches, it's something that you were used to seeing Des go up and doing. It's good to see that someone on that roster can go up and make these kind of catches that you want to see your receivers make. I think for all of us as fans, like from the where Noah Brown was more of a fringe player, he's definitely elevated being a, a proper, at least a number three in the team now. Yeah. Like the way he's been performing yeah. right now. Um, but uh, we kind of mentioned like so the, the run game, and uh, I, I do want to kind of mention the offensive line. Um, yes. Like, and then we've got a lot of positives to think uh, talk about in this. Like, uh, there is still a couple of wee nicks and crannies there and there, but overall, we we can't help but compl- we we can't complain. Um, the past couple of weeks, and I'm one of the biggest critics of the offensive lineman coach and Joe Philbin, but he is actually starting to make the the continuity start to work now, and. I don't know what you guys, what were your guys' thoughts with Jason Peters' debut with those 14 snaps? We'll start with you, Lauren, and we'll walk away around. I, I think he has an ad, you know, this was in the men's game for him, you know, yeah, it was only 13 or 14 snaps, but, the, you know, as Brian and his, uh, Brian Broaddus and his breakdown said, there was only one that he didn't really know the, the playbook on. Um, you know, and, you know, Peters has walked... Peters came off that after that game and said, you know, that is his preseason game. He's ready to go full time from this week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, look look for him to be in at left guard this week, um, full time. But I think, you know, you're talking about Philbin and you're talking about uh Blasco, the the assistant offensive line coach. They've now got a third coach because Jason Peters has been taking guys like Ty um uh, Biadish, he's taking Tyler Smith under his wing as well and just talking to them, you know, during practice, giving them little tips and things like that. Something which, as good as Tyron Smith is, as good as um, Zach Martin is, that they're not known for being uh, forthright and actually trying to help <coughs> guys a lot. Or, you know, it's never, it's never been reported that they're taking guys under their wing and helping them out. Um, the way that these guys are saying that Jason Peters is coming in and he's he's taking them for a couple hours after the, the, the practices and the official practices are over with and he's taking them for another couple of hours and saying, right, do this, do that, watch this tape here, that, you know, and they're, they're bringing things up and they're learning so much in the classroom that they're then translating it onto the field as well. And I think that's why Tyler Smith has hit the ground running mm-hmm. the way he has. 
Um, and, you know, I, again, we were all doom and gloom when we heard that Ty, uh, Tyron Smith was out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, it, it's early days and there's bound to be games where he has a stinker, but, you know, we should be encouraged by what we're seeing from from these guys. Uh, Thanks. What, what, what about yourself? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I just think it's a multi-layer here to, to a certain extent because and we'll exclude that getting hurt in the first year uh, with Mike McCarthy here, but we moved past that. And what we've seen underneath Mike McCarthy that we didn't get from the previous coaching staff is outside of your quarterback, even though they've won three games down the past few years about the quarterback, just the injuries would happen to key guys and it would just be downhill from that from, and we just couldn't find a way to win. Right. And the one thing that we've seen underneath Mike McCarthy is a propensity for them to be effective and get wins when guys are missing. Mm-hmm. And now that time kind of takes it to the Tyron Smith thing. Cause we did win games without Tyron Smith last year. It just at that position wasn't as good as what we're seeing from Tyler Smith. And, you know, the biggest argument, at least coming from me, I'll speak for me was simply, whenever they were in doing the joint practice against the Bengals and I caught Nick Eatman and he was talking about, well, basically Connor McGovern's getting all these work, all these reps at left guard with the ones because of the, due to the availability of Tyron Smith. And right then I was like, okay, so their plan is to move Tyler, but they're not giving him any reps. They didn't give him no, they gave him some reps like the Ricky OTAs. And like, that was it. And then boom, we knew it wasn't a matter of if it was a matter of when Tyron got hurt, and yeah. then it happened, right? So as it happened, who you are, and they just threw him out there. I didn't like it. I didn't think it was a great plan. I didn't. I didn't like it at the time with the Broncos. I, and I literally was on there. I was like, "Look, man. I look. I know that that Philbin is Mike McCarthy's guy. I'd get rid of him right now." That's where I was. I was like, mm-hmm. "This. This is not good." But you're not the, you're not the only one, man. I, I felt the exact same way. Yeah. We all we all kind of have that same mutual kind of feeling towards Joe Philbin. Right. But yeah, but yeah, sorry. I, I, no, you're sorry. good. No, you're fine. But sometimes you just get a guy that has enough talent that can go out here irregardless and do certain things. And he did down the 73. He did talk about Larry Allen. And we know Larry Allen was an all-pro all across the offensive line. And, you know, and the one thing I talked about, because I was higher on the draft than a lot of people were, you know, um, look, yes, there was things on the board when Tyler got selected, but I understood the pick. And you know, and the and, and Paul, actually, you was a part of one of the spaces yep. we did leading up about two weeks. And I told people, I was like, look, they're probably there's a propensity for them to go tackle here to plug him in at guard and be the eventual replacement. And then we got to draft night, boom, and it happened, right? Yep, that's right. So here we are, and now you got to see. And then this is starting last week, and I was like, at what point they're just gonna leave because you go the first two weeks and how Tyler Smith played, okay. So at what point you just leave him out there? And with the Peters thing, and, and there was a lot of back and forth. Well, he's not playing guard, and he's forty, and there's things. Yep. But I'm like, but you're making two changes. We talk about continuity. We banged the table last year See, about this offensive line in continuity. Yep. I'm like, so y'all want to move him inside? Look, we all believe that he'll be really good at a guard when we talk about Tyler Smith. But what we do know, we don't know that. What we do know is he's being effective at left tackle. So I'm okay with Peters, who's the band aid for this year not the long-term answer here. And that's why I kind of compared this, the two Smiths. This is the deck and Rumble, just a left tackle. No, he wasn't supposed to be the guy yet. Injury forced him in. 
and he's improving. I don't want to mess with that. And he goes inside. Then four or five weeks later, Peters gets hurt. Now you're moving him back out to left tackle. And we've all pounded the table about Cowboys stop taking young players and moving them everywhere. Let them sit somewhere, let them play, and let them go. So I like the fact that they're doing that. And look, and you saw Peters the very first play that ran right off his ass, excuse my language. And it was, you know, a 30 yard <laughs> gain. You know, I'm like, seems to be working okay to me. So yeah, I, I'm very much so the mindset of not moving Tyler Smith. I was the week leading up to the Giants game, and then we see him out there on the third and 12, and he's not getting one. He's not getting two, but he's getting three Giants. He's going downfield, and I think it just kind of solidifies the fact that you just didn't leave that guy there, and it looks like a home run for them here at pick 24 with Tyler Smith, and then you just worry about that one position where you have three different options. Knox had his ups and downs. Connor McGovern's had his ups and downs, and then you have Peters there as well to, to step in. But the rest of the line seems pretty set. And allow me to eat a little bit of crow because I didn't like the competitions, quote unquote. They said they were going to have it center because I don't think it happened. But boy, the 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 growth of Tyler Biotishir. I was about yeah. to talk about Biotish in a second. Yo, Joe Philbin. Okay, all right, Philbin. I'm so <laughs> glad. I'm so glad you mentioned Tyler Biotish because, like. He's been given a lot of crack, uh, crack and criticism over the past couple of years. And in and, and a way, it was kind of right that the deserved in a way. But that game there against the Giants, like, I don't know if you may have noticed, there was one particular play where they did a check. Um, it was a check option check, where, they were check, check. Uh, where there was the linebackers coming down to the near the yep. line. There was one safety at the back. And Cooper Rush changed it all. And you saw immediately Tyre Biadish being communicating with the rest of the line, realigning their blocks. That is what we were missing from Bayadish, was the communication side. Mm-hmm. Like We know Bayadish can block at, to a certain degree, but it is when you miscommunicate with your fellow offensive linemen and you might miss like misalign your block that's when mistakes happen and opens up the gaps for the likes of the interiors and the linebackers to blitz through. So I had got you got to give credit for Bayadish on that game because I thought he looked very composed and yeah, he's definitely kind of starting to flourish this year. Game by game, he looks better, getting better and better. And uh, but yeah, um, as much as I still kind of have a wee bit jealous saying this, credit to Joe Philbin. I have to, I, I have to put my hands up on that one. But in, in the other side of it, too, is it goes back to what you're doing offensively. Because yeah. going into this, when you have an offensive line that's not completely settled or whatnot, you know, running the ball is much easier to go out here and attack and go forward than with your pass pro. And week one, they had some issues with the pass pro. We saw yep. that. But yep. now you're not putting them in that position and you're seeing them excel. And those are the things that matter. So, again, you can have talent anywhere, but if the coaching doesn't put you in the right or don't set you up to be able to follow through with what you're able to do properly, that's when you get in trouble. So right now, there's just a good cohesiveness here between what this offensive line is and the play clone that they're doing now, and it just, and it just matters. They're athletic. We kind of understood that. You're seeing them pull. You're seeing them get out on the edge and you know just things that we consistently asked for. So right now, it's in a good space. It's early. Mm-hmm. It's a long season. But right now, with what they have on the offensive line, and how they're designing and calling these places specifically in the the run design has benefited what they have here. Of course, especially when you're talking about likes of the run game, and this is a good, good wee segment of what I was about to ask next, is the one-two punch combination we're having with Zeke and Paul right now. 
I'm starting to really fall in love with us. Like, even though we're getting Pollard more involved, which is great, it keeps defenses thinking for sure. But you, we all know Zeke as that power horse type of running back. He's there to gain those ugly yards, essentially, now. But we did get to see in that Giants game the, the old Zeke managed to get in upfield. I think it was the beautiful block from Ty- Tyler Smith getting upfield and that mm-hmm. insight. And with Noah Brown, of all people, sealing the edge as well, like coming from the wide yep. receiver position and sealing. I think it was Kevin Tripodo. He actually sealed. No, no, so it's Ujulari. He sealed, sorry. And, and Tyler Smith's running at the backfield and... That's what we would love to see on a regular basis. So it's just, like you said there, Nick, it's keeping that continuity going. But, guys, like, do you think we're going to see a lot more of this one-two punch combination against this um, pretty much deteriorated uh, Giants defense? Uh, some Giants, the Commander's defense this weekend. Yep. I, I think we are. And I think, again, what's, what's been good this year with the way that they're handling this one-two punch is that, you know, in previous years, it would be Zeke for a drive, it'd be Pollard for a drive. It'd be Zeke for a drive, Pollard for a drive. This time it's Zeke for two plays, Pollard for a couple of plays, you know, and they're mixing it up so that the defense is having to actually, you know, it's almost like for long-time Cowboys fans, going back to when the Cowboys offensive line used to do the Landry shift where you bounce up and then the, the yeah. backs are split out and you're like, wait a minute, who is, who's in the backfield this time and all this sort of thing? It's creating that confusion because they're also they're sending, as I said on Tuesday, they're sending Pollard up the middle as well. They're sending Zeke on the outside as well because, they've, you know, again, this offensive line is blocking extend it further you're playing 12 you're playing 12 personnel at points so you've got your two tight ends that are actually able to block as well um you know even dalton schultz when he's been in dalton schultz has been blocking better this year as well so don't sorry lauren but don't forget matt Lutzko actually made up uh was on for one play playing as the inside tight end in one play as well so well let's go back now so Which is a great bonus because we did have questions to see where Matt Walitsko, who is an offensive lineman, but at least he can now kind of slowly gradually get back up to speed and hopefully, and uh, if, if someone, like, unfortunately, we don't want anyone to go down, obviously, because we have our lines going right now, but hopefully Walitsko can try and get back up to speed, try and be on, on par with the rest of the line in that way. But yeah, you're absolutely right, man. Like, I've... Uh, and Jamie, like I, I want to ask you this next one before we kind of move on, is like, do you think, uh, like, so we're talking about like so the twelfth man, so you like, so it's going to be like so we J, uh, J Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. Do we? Do you think we'll expect to see them more to kind of contribute to the run and also maybe even see them more in the pass in the passing routes this time round? Think. Last week showed that they're definitely capable of it. You know what I mean? There were a couple of catches here and there, and I were impressed with the um, the way that Jake Ferguson was blocking in, in the red zone. I think, especially for the the Zeke uh, for the Zeke touchdown, um, it seems to be that one where we could definitely rely on it. So I think as well, you've got to you've got to bet this offense. Um, QB friendly, aren't you? Because he's, he's, he's not going to light up the league. Make it make it easier for him. Let's like say put 
put a lot of this 12 man. I mean, not in a respect, we dumb it down a little bit. Like I say, don't give this fast open playbook that where he's not going to be able to um, to make a lot of the throws. So get the Titans involved. That's what you've got them there for. You've got them on the roster, but use them, use them to his advantage and, and use Cooper Rush the best way that he, he can do. And I, I, I definitely, if we don't see it, I'd be, I'd be very disappointed, like I say, because these guys, you want to see them take leaps and bounds week, week after week, and they seem to be doing that. And they seem to be getting a grasp of the pro game a lot quicker than you might have thought they would have done for, for where they were picked up. Yeah, I think I, look, Dalton Schultz is getting treatment twenty four seven right now after this last game. Mm-hmm. He, he, look, look, and when you go look at the tape, these two young guys, you know, they block, and 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 they block with purpose. I mean, hit a, hit a shot, pancake from linebacker. Intentions is, yeah. is like controlled aggression. Yeah, controlled aggression intentions. Yeah. with bad intentions. Yeah, That's what so, I love to see. Yeah, so you know. Dalton, hey, look, and I, you know, look, and I like Dalton Schultz. Don't get, don't get me wrong, but I was very high on Ferguson as, as the draft pick. I think I was on your, your stream, mm-hmm. your, your life of the draft at the time when the Ferguson mm-hmm. pick came in, and we were really happy about that. Yeah, because considering I can't remember who it was, we missed out on it was the tight end that went to the Baltimore Ravens, which is like two picks before Isaiah the likely. Pick. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were we were quite keen on him, but we were quite happy the fact that we managed to get Ferguson as well. Yeah, and you know, and, and getting Hendershot undrafted and coming from the Indiana program, look, was considered to be oh yeah, he's a seam guy. He's your Blake Jarwin esque more so than what Ferguson's going to be, right? Hendershot said, no, 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 I'm here to block, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get it twisted. Mm. And and again, yeah. it's great. Here's the thing about it. As we did a 53-man breakdown uh, going into the season, for me, I said, this is the deepest the tight end room has been in me in years. And I think it showed itself definitely against the Giants. And now you can lose a guy within the three and still feel pretty good if you want to get into 12 personnel. Unlike last season, Look, once Jarwin went down, sure, when McKean was back, you could do it some, but they just wasn't comfortable doing it once Jarwin was out of the game. Yeah. And with these three, you could still get to it and feel pretty confident about playing 12 personnel, which is really important for the Cowboys and what they're trying to do. See, this is this is exactly what you, you made a really great point earlier, Nick. It's like, and this is not just for the tight ends, but this is like an overall within the O-line, within quarterback, like, Years ago, if you were to lose one of your star players, it's pretty much season over. Right. It seems like as of right now, we can still plug in players and still do our job right now. And I think that's the big major difference with, with Mike McCarthy under the ring. He still managed to get even backups to kind of uh, perform up to a high level. So, um, but with that being said, is there any more uh, thoughts on before we move on to the defense? The only thing I'll say is pre-snap penalties and some of the ages. Yeah, so, yeah. Bef- yes. The offense, just saying, they need to make sure we clean that up a little bit. Yeah, that, that was the only criticism I did say in my last article on bloggingtheboys.com is, like, we had a perfect, perfect game against um, Cincinnati where we gave up no false starts, no holding penalties. Right. But we did kind of go back. And, and surprisingly, the biggest culprit was T- Tyler Smith. And I think right. the other and I think the other one was on... Uh, New York. It was Far New York. New York at the yeah. hold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, I mean, three penalties, 
no, no. I can I can live with that, but still, it was a momentum killer. That was the that's the main problem, though. We yeah. were moving the ball really, really nicely, but and it killed the momentum. We ended up had to settle for field goals because of it. Yeah, and, and and the big thing about that was Jason Peters immediately went up to Smith. It's like, hey, don't worry about it. And that's just some of the growth. That, well, not I won't say growth. That's some of the leadership that you're getting from that guy who's been in the league as long as he hasn't been mm-hmm. forty. Is being that voice, and you know, it's talked about before before he signed here whether he was playing or not, one of the big things was about the mentorship that he could bring in here and for Tyler Smith. And they, and, and it was mentioned a little bit, even about Tyler Biotis as well. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just, it was on, it was on display um, with him and some of the things that was talked about during the game. And also too, we're talking about penalties. I'm just saying Noah Brown, not once, but twice. <laughs> oh, for God's oh, sake. Oh, no, 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 three times. I think there was three occasions that should have, like, yeah. There was the one where there was the one where the is it Julian Love and the linebacker pretty much was holding them in the middle of the yeah. field. There was the one yeah. in the end zone. I think there were maybe yeah. two in the end zone or something like that. But still, I think it was because Roger Goodell was in the crowd watching his Giants. I don't know what it was. Some home but, cooking. Was oh some home yeah, cooking. there was some home cooking. Oh yeah, there. Oh, absolutely. There was there was a lot of favoritism. Yeah, my my, my, my was held like a million times. There wasn't one whole call. I'm like, come on, you got to start. Respecting my guy and giving him the calls. Yeah. Rookie, maybe you don't get these calls, but what he's done the league yeah. move for it, you gotta start giving them calls up, man. Come on. Yeah, like oh, I just what you said about the, the bad calls. What about the one in the end zone? Even even yeah. the commentators kind of try to try to like, kind of push well, them yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like even they, they even brought in the actual NFL referee that does the commentary to say, Yeah, that would have been that should have been pass interference. Yeah, but but, the, the worst thing about it is that if that would have been the other way around, if that would have been on our defense, that would have been flagged before he even oh, without a shout. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, with what gets me is they actually have guys up in the booth. It's not a case of the, the the officials on the field needing to refer. If if the guys up in the booth will actually see something, they can they can stop it and they can say, right, you should have called that there, you should have called that there, and you know, you, you sort it out. Yeah. We're not seeing that. And again, you know, it's also been broadcast to headquarters in New York, New York as well. So it's it's not like you know it's going transatlantic or cross cross continental. You know, so you're not. It's it's not like there's a five second delay or anything. There should be a decision made there and then, and that was absolutely blatant on all of those occasions. Now, yeah, as but, I say, offensive holding happens all the time. On yeah. every play, I I will I will say, Lauren, it's like when you compare to some of the holds with the Giants' offensive line to the one that Matt Wallettsko got, which was very very hard to really notice. When it, yeah. like like, I'm sorry, but the referees really did have an absolute terrible game. Like in terms of like picking out things, it, it did feel like there was favoritism. But anyway, enough yeah. that being said, um, let's move on to. Almost like nearly everything going on into this is all positive. Let's talk about the defense. So let we go. So with the Cowboys defense, Michael Parsons now is still currently the site leader. He didn't get any sacks during the game against the Giants. He did uh, does cause a lot of major disruption. Um, getting out, uh, I think it was like six total tackles with two QB hits, and Demarcus Lawrence came out of the, came out the woodwork, got three sacks, 
should have got five. Kind of relates back to what we were saying about the referee's been terrible. Um, guys, how do we feel about our defense going against Carson Wentz, who has been sacked 15 times so far this season, which is the second low, second highest besides Joe Burrow? What do you think? Oh, Prince Harry lookalike is going to get an absolute mauling. <laughs> I like that one, Jerry. Uh, I, 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 like I said one. it. I said it in preseason that this this defense. Oh, so this, sorry, this defensive line for me, it showed a lot. Showed a lot of progression last year. That there was going to be the top sack leaders in their position, and it, they're, they're just going to add to that this week. They can absolutely destroy. Yeah, I mean, as you can see, I've got the the numbers for the total tackles there. Like most notable, Michael Parsons has only got ten, and Diggs has only got nine. But when I'll bring up the uh, the actual sack leaders as well. So as you can see, Parsons with four, Demarcus Lawrence with three, Dorrance Armstrong's now up to three, LVE with one, and Dante Fellow Jr. with one. Um, and in terms of the takeaway leaders. The stance is quite low when you really think about it. It's because our defensive front are doing their job properly. It's it's like they're getting to the quarterback before the quarterback gets even a sniff to even throw the ball right now. So Diggs with six with one interception, Brown with two pass deflections, Wilson with two and one interception. So it's very, very small stats in terms of that. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's very interesting to see because with the Commando's offensive line, they're going through their injury rows as well. Like, I mean, 15 sacks so far this season is quite quite the, quite the feat. It's an average of five sacks per game. Nine against the Eagles. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it's, it's not all their offensive line that's, you know, particularly in that Eagles game. I mean, Carson Wentz was holding on to the ball for far too long. Whether whether it was coverage, you know, what you class as a coverage sack because there was nobody open. But, I mean, God sakes, if you've got somebody coming in trying to bury you in the ground, throw the ball away and, you know, at, at worst you're going to get hit and, you know, you'll get 15 yards because it's a it's unnecessary roughness or something like that. But, you know, the, the longer you hold, if you hold on to the ball, you're fair game. And, you know... As I say, at least half of those sacks were purely because he held on to that ball for far too mm -hmm. long. Yeah, I, I want to bring up this interesting statistic um, for Carson Wentz against the Cowboys overall. Since 2016, since he was drafted by the the Philadelphia Eagles or Sheedles, whatever you want to call them as well. Um, he's, he's won four and lost four. And I did my little research on this. The games that he's actually won is always seems to be at the end of the season. So make of that what you will, because either the Cowboys have already won the division and want to rest up the stars, or the season's just generally over and look to fight, look to play their second string and first string players for the future. Do you think that's a kind of fair assumption based on that? And it kind of questions Wentz's ability against us. We'll start with yourself next. Yeah, it's just so far removed since it's been that time. You know, um, different coaches, you know, and, and obviously the defense that he faced then versus what he's looking at now is completely night and day. Ooh, it's going to be, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, I think for that time capsule, sure, absolutely. I think that was definitely a fair assessment. 
I think for this game in, in particular, it doesn't factor as much just because of yeah. where the Cowboys are defensively and how they're moving now. Yeah. I did want to touch on one thing, though, when it comes to uh, this pass rush of Micah Parsons. <laughs> and the one thing that I'm seeing from him last year to this year, last year he was getting his numbers, right? Mm-hmm. This year, and what I'm seeing the evolution from him is he's getting his numbers, but now he's not a rookie. So teams are, okay, where is he at? And they're moving, you know, blocking in different things that are sending people. So now he's affecting the rest of the line. He's getting what I call those old assist sacks now Yes, is what he's doing. So now he's changing the front. He's still getting his numbers, but because the attention of different things are happening now, Dorrance Armstrong's coming through. Oh, LVE cleans up and gets a sack because Micah had to force him to do up and things. And so like whenever you see what Von Miller did with, has done so far for the Bills, right? They didn't do a lot of sacks last year. The Bills did yep. overall, but he showed up. He's getting his, but you're seeing also all defensive tackles are getting sacks, and you're seeing more pass rush from them because of the Miller effect. And now what you're starting to see now here early this season from last year, Parsons getting his numbers last year, but now not only is he doing that this year, but he's getting guys open to go get their numbers as well, which is huge for this pass rush so far. That is a great point you've just made there because looking back at the Giants game last week, um, Every single of that defensive line unit, just the D line, like I'm not, I don't know, not too sure about the linebackers that all played, but every single one of the defensive line did record a single tackle. Like they all contributed towards the game. I mean, that is pretty amazing. So, in terms of like the stats as well, the Cowboys are second in terms of the pass rush grade on PFF. The Bulls are ranked number one. Cowboys are the sack leaders as of right now with the Bills and third and the Eagles line in second with the 12. Um, it's, it's quite interesting to see how this is going to play out. Um, I, I really do think it's going to be a long day for Carson Wentz and this commander's offensive line. Um, but Jamie, what do you think? Like, do you think for likes of Micah Parsons, obviously he was, he didn't get the numbers we expected because obviously he had the bug and stuff like that. He's now pretty much close to full fit. He's pretty much back to normal, right. essentially, based on the reports. Do you think uh, we expect to see him to kind of just go out and just actually basically go crazy on Carson Wentz? Yeah, to be fair, even though he was, he, like I say, he was a little bit off it last week, he, he still had a fairly big impact on the game. It's just it, it's a little bit reminiscent sometimes of what happened with, with, with D-Law, where he had the massive sack season and everyone just looks at the stats and thinks right got all these sacks he's got all these QB pressures and I think everyone kind of looks like that all the time don't they? and then I think it was we had Brad Chamon a while ago and, and he kind of went well, but what does he do that's not on the stat sheet and that's what sometimes Michael Parsons probably doesn't get a lot of credit for if, if you could really kind of say that of someone that's an all pro arguably the best defensive player in the NFL at the minute, that it, it, it causes a lot of double teams, it, it creates a lot of gaps for everybody else to make plays, and that's sometimes you, you don't really hear about him. But yeah, I think this is probably the the game to kind of ease his way back in after a little bit of a of a bug. Um, but there's, I think there's one, just to kind of deflect away from him, you mentioned his name's running through a lot of them, um, being extremely... Impressed with um, Donald Armstrong this year. Um, for me, definitely probably the, the most improved player on this roster. Um, I mean, I think we're at two sacks. He got this 
two sacks this week, and he also got a block on the on the field goal as well. It's like yep. he's he's kind of he seems really rejuvenated this year, and he's he's thriving in this in this Dunkley system. And I mean, fingers crossed, it it, it kind of flows down to the to the guys that are kind of trying to make the roster and only get a few snaps a game because I mean, he's taking you taking your chances, isn't he? He's definitely doing it this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeps playing like this. He'll probably says the, the team's um. Defensive MVP as well. I was going to say, I think, I think you know, Doran Armstrong last year, you know, every, everybody's moaning about the fact that we lost Randy, Gre- Randy Gregory. Doran Armstrong last year had five sacks. How many sacks did Randy Gregory have? He mm. had five as well, right? So they were actually matching on that. You know, you, you could say Randy Gregory was better in run defence. I think Dorrance Armstrong's picking that up this year. I think he's building, you know, okay, he's he's he, his curve hasn't been as um, meteoric as, as Randy Gregory's was, but, you know, we're, we're actually getting to see him now performing. We've not had, you know, obviously we missed out on bringing Randy Gregory back, boo-hoo, but you know, we got Fowler, we got uh, Dorrance Armstrong for that money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a, it's a feather in Jerry's cap, if you want to say, because they're getting the same sort of performance that they would have had yeah. with Randy Gregory. Um, you know, and the, these guys, again, they're developing. And I think, you know, they're building on the fact that Micah Parsons is putting them in positions where they're going one-on-one. They've only got one man to beat or whatever. And, you know, that's allowing them to focus on that. I mean, if, you know, Lawrence Taylor was at the game on Monday night, he yeah. he picked up on the fact that Micah Parsons, if you look at the stat sheet, you know, it was a fairly sub substandard game for Micah Parsons, flu or not. But you could see that the way the, the the Giants were focusing on what where Micah was, double teaming him, triple teaming him, whatever. And, you know, because of that, our defense was built that, you know, D-Law had three sack game for about the first time in about three or four years, you know, getting contribution from everybody. And, you know, it just goes to show what a, what a talent Micah Parsons is. Um, but, you know, these guys are coming on because that they're creating that pressure on the back of what Michael Parsons is doing. It's that thing you want as well, in terms of, like you said, at the minute, if you look at it from a, just a, a, a stats perspective, that, yeah, we've probably seen Michael Parsons so far, his stats are probably not reminiscent of what he was at this stage of last year, but it, it's not down to... Is it, that's a poor place because the guys up front are stepping up their game. So it's you'd like to see it that way. I mean, you don't want to see see it go down because it's just not play well and he's not built on his own way. I mean, the guys are stepping up and they're like, you know what? And it's and that's down to my, probably that's down to Michael Parsons as well. Is the way he's playing. He's he's a, he's a leader, not just with his mannerisms and how he talks, but he's a leader on the field as well. And that's what you want. And these guys are really clearly look up to him and. And clearly feed off the the um, what's the word to say the, the way the way that he plays. I mean, they're all they're all buying into that as well. So it's it's 
it's that double edged sword, but in a good way. I've, my leg, I suppose this kind of runs into like even though it's it, Michael Parsons does kind of play in the part with the run defense, but for this next question I've got for you guys, it's like. I do have a bit of an issue of where the Cowboys are ranked with some rankings right now in terms of their run defense. Some play, some teams have them ranked 19th in their run defense, which I think personally is a bit of a bit of a hit by, by, by tape when you really consider what they've done so far. I mean, but I, what do you guys think? Like, because we're seeing like, uh, like, the defensive tackles, like you're, they're not maybe getting all the numbers and stuff like that. But when you watch the film, they're getting into their gaps, like likes of Bohana or Degizua. They're they're forcing the running backs to kind of force out wide, and that's where you see where like the LVE comes into play, getting them out on the outside. So, I just want to know: Do you think like how the rankings are for the Cowboys just now is kind of unjustified, and they deserve a lot more credit? I think they do. I think, as we discussed on Tuesday night, I think, you know, all half of these rankings... Tuesday morning, you mean? Tuesday morning, <laughs> sorry, yeah. Depending um, on where you're at, half, you know, on the globe. Half of these rankings are, you know, they're based on statistics. And, you know, you can say there are lies, damn lies in statistics. Now, you know, look at that Giants game. The focus of our defense was obviously stop Saquon Barkley. All but one run of 36 yards and Saquon Barkley would only had 13 carries for 45 yards. You would say that was good. Because you were focused on Saquon Barkley and because the pass rush was coming round and everything like that, Danny Dimes, when he was able to, he'd scramble out the pocket. He ran for another 79 yards. Together, that's 160 odd yards or whatever. And you could, you know, from a statistical point of view, you could say, yeah, we've given up 160 yards. In fact, I am a misconception. One of the one of the rankings actually had the Cowboys 27th. Yeah, and that was on PFF. They had them done as 27th. Yeah. I'm yeah, just like, P- P- I, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't rock with PFF. News, news alert for those that don't know. I don't, I don't deal with PFF no more. I think there's certain things they do well. Yeah. To be honest with y'all. Overall, I don't use them to prove my point, and I don't use them to. Uh, the, I, I'm just. I at, at a certain point this offseason, and a lot of it had to do with like the things and different things that was going. on. I'm like, you know what? No, nah, I'm good. I'm just yeah. good on that. So I, I'm out. But here's the thing, though, Paul. Shh. Let them rank us low. Yeah. Let's let us be the underdog. Oh, we're not good. Absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. Let's not be up top and front row. Let's just let's just sit back here and be that underdog exactly. role, baby. You see, see, that's, a, that's a, see, that's a great perspective because mm-hmm. how many times have we actually got ourselves into that scenario, getting over ahead of ourselves, and it just comes back to slap us across the face. We don't yeah. want to be doing that this year, especially hey, and, and quietly I'll say this, and I said this on the show last time as well. This has a lot of the makeup of a trap game for the cowboys. Potentially, yeah, Yeah, potentially. I, I, yeah, I I was gonna say because you have one and two, right? And now they're all in one in the division, they lost two straight. You know, hey, you don't want to go 0 and 2 in the division now. You know, things are kind of coming to a head here for them. The Cowboys, oh, it was, it was caddy by the door, the season's over. 
Now you go beat the Bengals. You go on the road Monday night and you go against the 2-0 Giants. You beat them. You're feeling pretty good about yourself now all of a sudden. What's going on? And it has some recipe there. If you fall asleep at the wheel, don't fall for the cheese, Cowboys yep. Nation. Don't do it because there's some recipes here. I smell the soup kitchen around the corner. It sounds like they're trying to cook up a whole batch of that trap stew. And I'm like, hey, let's pay attention. <laughs> well, especially if you if you especially if you consider you've got the Rams coming or you're going to the Rams um the following week. week. So, you know, you mm-hmm. could be excused for looking, looking ahead over. to yeah, the Rams. Looking game. Over, yeah. And then you got but, the Eagles you know, coming the- up right after the Lions and Eagles, right? So yeah, there's some bigger games maybe on your docket. I'm with you there, Lauren. Absolutely mm-hmm. it's a part of it too. Another little ingredient in that old trap stew. Jamie, you were about to you say know, something. Not, not saying that not saying that they're as good or would even be as good, but it, in terms of like how Paul was saying there, do you know what I mean? Like the defense pretty lowly ranked for what you would what you would think there would be. As a little now was it the 94 or the 95 defense was statistically ranked number one across the board in the NFL? Not one Pro Bowl kind of nomination for that defense. You know what I mean, I said, let, let, let them be ranked, let them chip on the shoulder. It just gives them another reason to go out for, to let get people to hate us even more than we already do. Just, you know what I mean, it's, like I say, right, haters at your peril. They, they, they talk about us because they want to be us. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I, I totally agree, Jamie. Um, but I think we'll finish off with this last thing before we move on to do the fantasy lounge and we'll get everyone's predictions in for the game. Um, Trayvon Diggs and the secondary, are we are we worried at all? Because, like, everyone's now, uh, we're using the whole stat line and stuff like that. Um, don't get me wrong, there was a couple of plays during that Giants game. Trayvon should have got two interceptions, but are we, are we worried at all? Because of the lack of numbers so far, I mean, it's only it's only been three games. I'm not, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not worried at all. Like, if the secondary are actually having lower stats, then that means our defensive front are doing all the, the doing all the work and doing their job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, Good one. Yeah. No, I, well, what I'd say is obviously, if if your defensive line is getting pressure, getting sacks, then you're taking away potential rushed throws. Um, you know, so there's less pickoffable balls um, for your defensive backs. I think, you know, interceptions, fumbles, etc. They can be. You, you can have a drought for a couple of weeks, and then 15 come at once, or something like that. You know that it. It. You know, you don't naturally go out and record three turnovers every single week. Um, you know, so. <laughs> I think they will come, and I think what I'm happy about this year is we haven't really given up major yardage. Um, you know, we, you know, Joe Burrow, who obviously guided the Bengals to the Super Bowl. You had Jamar Chase, you had T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and all that. You know, they could have, if again it goes down to the defensive line, but you know they could if. Joe Burrow had had the time. He could have shredded our defense. You know, theoretically, he could have shredded our defense with those wide receivers. He didn't. Our wide receivers were on their wide receivers. You know, uh, who was it? Chase only had something like one catch. 
look at this week. Kadarius Tony didn't have any catches. Galladay was targeted. <laughs> Kenny Galladay. The, bi- you know, the biggest, sh- the biggest bust of free agency. My goodness. Shepard, yeah. Shepard. Thirty-six was... million if they cut him right now. Ooh, dead money. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. Yep, that's crazy. Um, you know, I, I, I just think you know the, the interceptions will come. Yeah. Um, you know, I, but the main thing is, is you know, we're still getting the past. We're, we're defending the ball. Yeah. Um, it, and it's it's not like the the Rod Marinelli years where it was a case of let them catch the ball, move the ball down the field, and let them have these nine ten play drives. Don't give up the twenty yard pass, the forty yard pass, or whatever. Let them get five six yards or whatever. You know, we're still defending the ball. We're breaking up passes. We're just not getting the interceptions. Those will come. Yeah, just to kind of highlight as well, it's like I'm just looking at the the commander's stat line right now. Um, so Antonio Gibson, the running back, he's 124 rushing yards um, with a 3.1 average with two touchdowns. Terry McLaurin, um, who's probably been their most consistent wide receiver right now, he's 235 yards on, with 12 targets with an average of 19.6, which is actually pretty decent. So we do need to kind of keep our eye out for him. But you know the one thing about Terry that's key, and you'll see this early, I think, in my opinion, if you look at the time he's touched the ball for the first time in each of the three games, he hasn't touched the ball in the first quarter. It's either second quarter or third before he gets his first touch. I've never noticed that. So I'm thinking out the gate in the first drive, the first three plays, they're going to throw it out there to Terry because they have not gotten him involved early. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, that would be very interesting to see. Um, and uh, I'm just kind of looking down the list as well. So you've got Curtis Samuel, 181 yards, 8.2 average. John John Dotson, 109 yards with a 12.1 average. So, um, it's it's like you're saying, it's like those nine, ten yards, Lauren, um, and stuff like that. So, it's definitely something we need to kind of make sure we keep an eye on. But if our defensive front can get to Carson Wentz before he even executes the ball out, then I f- I should be okay. I mean, there is the there is the threat, and this is what you're trying to say. It could be that game next where it might uh, we might be overconfident with because we're thinking about the Rams and the and the Eagles in the in upcoming weeks. Um, but yeah, where where I think we need to look at this this week. <clears throat> the one thing I watched, I went back and watched the Philadelphia game against the Commanders. Commanders are actually quite good at running screen screen passes at the moment. Um, mm. You know, so if our defensive line is hounding Wentz and he manages to get the ball away, we need our linebackers to step up. And so come Donovan need, Wilson. Yep, and Donovan Wilson. That get, all these guys coming up from the secondary. But you need, we'll need a good game, I think, this week from Van Der Esch, Barr and Co. Sniffing out, sniffing out these yep. screens. And get yeah. in position to defend them. Yeah, if, if there was one thing, there was the, probably the criticism I could probably give the defensive front is like they overcommitted the rush and, and let Daniel Jones for the Giants to escape and run upfield. Whereas in this occasion, they need to be more on the uh, conservative side and actually see if what Wentz is doing, if it's going to be a screen pass and move out essentially. So, um, but yeah. Um, 
any guys, do you have any any last thoughts before we move on? Right. And the only other thing I would say to where Daniel Jones was and, you know, we, we talked about the Petrus because they kind of have the same issue, right? The interior of their offensive line isn't good for Washington. Kind of the same thing with the Giants and the kinds yeah. of commission. And I said, well, I'll to get to the quick pass, right? And, and some of the screenplays. You know, one thing I didn't really factor into that was some RPO action, which Brian Dayball definitely did that over there with, um, uh, uh, oh, God, uh, 17, big guy, big arm. What's his name? Buffaloes. Uh um, Josh Allen. Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. God bless. <laughs> Jeez. I'm, I'm, I'm too far down the rabbit hole in the NFCs right now. But here's the thing about Carson Wentz that I would bring up as well. We've seen him use the RPO and be good at the RPO. And yeah. I think that's something that Washington will kind of look at from the from the film from us uh, versus the Giants and say, oh, Daniel Jones kind of had some things cooking here with the RPO. We might have to pay attention to that too and be ready for that come Sunday. It's, it's definitely something that the actual team Washington were not really renowned for, but since like bringing in Wentz and and obviously with um, with the way it was available, I think that's definitely worth a definitely like definitely someone likes a Kelly uh, like it's not Kelly more but, uh, Dan Quinn and Aiden Dudley and all the rest of the coaching staff will need to kind of make sure and just learn make sure that they, they just watch for the screens, watch for the options and stuff like that. So, but yeah. But uh, but yeah, guys, without further ado, let us jump into the fantasy lounge and get everyone's predictions. So everyone at home watching the, the stream right now, um, you know how the game works. It's basically, um, I'm going to read out the, the player's name and the projected fantasy football points, and you can either say higher or lower or oh boy, or boy, so boy oh boy going up or oh boy going down. So either way, higher or lower. So... With that being said, let's kick into it right now. Okay, okay so for the D Dallas Cowboys, Cooper Rush, 15.6 fantasy points. Higher or lower? Jamie, we'll start off with you. I'm going to go lower, only because I think we, we touched about it early on, I think. Um, Last few weeks, the run game has been get, getting a bit of traction, so I, I think the Cowboys will probably focus a little bit more on on that this week, which will affect his status. Lauren, I I think Michael Gallup will play this week. I think that will help Cooper Rush, um, you know, just give it another element to this offense. And so I'm going to go higher. Oh, okay, all right, next. I'm going to go a smidge higher. Not much. I'm going to give him 16. All right. So let's have a look at the comments here. So Joe, our good friend from Italy, he's went with higher. The big Lebowski, he says higher. Michael Gallup bombs away. Benny Castro, uh, I, I don't, I'm sorry if I do not pronounce your name correctly. I do apologize. Cooper, uh, Cooper Clutch higher. And finally, Gilbert is saying higher. So the mass majority is going higher. So for me, I'm going to go higher. And before I move on to the next one, I do need to take a wee note of this, actually, because um, for our fantasy football scores, um, so you'll be on the you'll be on the scorecard now next. Um, oh boy! <laughs> oh yes. So let me, so let me see. So Paul, uh, oh, I went with a high. Uh, Jamie, you went low, yes? Yeah, Jamie yeah, went, went low. Jamie went low. 
Lorne went high and next went high. Okay. This is Smidge High. Yeah. Just so you know, so Michael Gallup's not actually part of the, the list we've got here, but he is projected to get 8.6 points for this game. So, but uh, we're not we're not really doing a higher and low on him. But as you see, for the next guy, we are going to grade CD Lamb with ten point four, higher or lower, and we'll go the opposite direction. We'll start with you next. Going ten point four is that what it was? Ten point four. See eighty six yards. Ten point four. I'm going higher. All right, Lauren. Yeah, I mean, if if you go by um, Monday night stats there, I think that's that would be higher anyway. So, mm-hmm. I think you know potentially this is. I'm I'm going I'm going for a high scoring win in, in this week as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to go that um, yeah higher. Yeah. All right, give it. I have to go. I have to go with the the flow of what I said for. Cooper, I think slightly lower, maybe maybe a point lower, just for the fact that I said I'm going to in the run game. Just to kind of put this perspective in perspectives, like Lamb only needs to get 44 yards and a touchdown to get. That's all. That's all it is. That's yeah, but he's only got one touchdown so far. What? So, so in three games. Yeah, that's that's it. The touchdown will be key. I'm gonna explain in this poll, and I like literally after this week for my fantasy thing, I'm gonna have to not like not show my face on these shows again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, with that being said, my prediction for CD Lamb is going to be higher. I think it'll be a smidge higher. I would say roughly in the twelve point mark. Would have been a more fair assessment. Um, so yeah, so uh, Jamie is picking up the slack with Graham being gone. Oh, that's a burn that one. So let me go. For, so let me go for the comments again with what everyone else is saying. So, so Benny going with higher. The Barsky is going with high. Gilbert's going with high. DG Dog is going for a touchdown and at least sixty yards higher for CD Lamb. I love it. Love it. Um. And, and I'd, just like, I'd just like to say for Labarski as well, I mean, Jamie, uh, sorry, Graham was actually smiling on Tuesday. So, you know, to be fair, Labarski did come in with the p- best end of the show comment ever and really caught Graham off guard. Was, if you haven't seen it on Tuesday's post-game show, go and check it out. Labarski came in came in with the fire right at the end. Um, so next guy on the list, uh, I'll just let this, the stream come across. It's Ezekiel Elliott with 11.3 points. And we'll start with you, Leon, this time. Is this the PPR league that we're doing this in? Just the standard, yeah. Okay, okay. Got to make sure here. Yeah. Again, I mean, 73 yards and a touchdown, that would be higher than 11 points. So, yeah, let's... If he can, if he can do what they, he managed to do in the Giants game, I think yeah, let's go higher again. All right. So Lauren has went super free highs and low. And uh, next, what do you think? What's that number again? It was eleven point three. Eleven point three. 
I know he did it last week, but he hasn't done it before then. I'm going to go lower. Ooh, okay. All right. Jamie? Higher, higher. He's getting <laughs> <laughs> there he is. All right. I'm going to say, um, in fact, I will explain, actually. So see if it's within one full point within each other. You can say that as even. That's fair. So see if it's like, it's projected as 10 points for you. think it might be 11, like, Half like a couple of like a couple of small margins up above, you can say even. So I'm I think it's near on the ballpark. I think so. I'm saying even. Yeah. All right. All right. So let me see with the comments. So uh, Joe is saying Zeke way higher. Gilbert's coming in with higher because they're going to utilize the run more. Love it. And do we have any more before we move on, guys? Uh, I will bring up your comments. Uh, when we're talking about Tony Pollard and speaking about Tony Pollard, he is on 8.3 fantasy points. Um, Jamie, higher, higher for higher for Tony Pollard. All right, um, Lauren, uh, yeah, I'm going, I'll stick with the theme, I'm going higher as well. I think Lauren said he's buying. Everything. I've got the Kool-Aid somewhere, you know. <laughs> Next. Oh yeah, to the moon. Starting. Starting. You if you've got him in your league, you should start him. He's yep. going to the moon this week. And 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 part Oof. of that reason is simply why I went lower on Zeke and higher for Pollard is mm, yep. they do still have some guys in the middle. But the edges have a problem. And boy, where does Pollard excel is on those edges. So I think uh, with this run game being effective, they are going to run the rock. No no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But I think Pollard's got a huge touchdown run in him this week. Mm. All right. So for me, I tend to agree what you just said there. Um, next, I, told, I think with the one-two punch combination and way how this Washington defense are right now kind of – a lot of question marks. You can't say like, what was it, eight point three? I yeah, think it's a bit. As on, a, it, feel, it feels like a bit of an insult more than anything. So, I definitely seen it being more of a ten point plus. So, I am definitely going to say higher. All right, this is. I think this this is the biggest slap in the face of all of them. Personally, is Noah Brown six point seven points. I know, guys. Oh, wait, sorry. Before I move on to Noah Brown, let's see where everyone else is saying in the comments. So, Benny's went for Tony Pollard, higher than 85 yards rushing. Gilbert, higher for Tony Pollard. Uh, Labaski's going higher too. I think he will be the feature back in this one. Yep, it's just backing up what Nick's was saying there. Uh, Joe going for higher all right but yeah so like i said Noah brown 6.7 and we'll start with lauren <laughs> you know where lauren's in no no whatever it is lauren's going higher okay yeah <laughs> i mean i can i can see the number being i can see why the number's a little bit lower if you have got if you have got gallop in you know that's obviously going to be taking numbers away and I find you know, the question. I think here's the question for that: is like, how much is Gallup going to feature in his first game? You, I don't expect him to be there throughout the whole game, like, and especially with it. And we're yeah. talking about like, and we're talking about like, the continuity here and that. How much is Cooper Rush actually throwing, snap throwing to Gallup during practice and stuff like? That? We don't know. 
So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, but but I mean, uh, yeah, I I can see I can see Noah Brown suddenly dropping off. So no, um, no. yeah, it's got to be higher again. Um, Jamie. Higher, but not by much. I'm going to stick with Ooh, the three. Okay. Okay. I'm going to stick with the three of the, 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 the run game, but I still think that even for that, that's still fairly low, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's a bit of an insult, I think, personally. Mm-hmm. Next, is, I think it's kind of, it's easy to kind of determine where you're going with this one. I don't know, guys. Really? Oh, <laughs> okay. okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because I'm with you. I do think Gallup's going to be on a bit of a pitch count, right? I do think that. But I know also I can be wrong. So you, and, you can, and, and, remember, you can see even. You can see. Yeah, yeah. So you've got, you do have it's that not option. a PPR league 6.9. I'm going to go with. I mean, last week he did get the, you know, he didn't get the touchdown, only 54 yards, gentlemen. Mm hmm. Right, if you don't, if we're not counting the catches, right? The regular doesn't count your PPRs, right? It doesn't count the catches, right? The regular league is just yardage and touchdowns, right? It's just yardage and touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he didn't yeah. score that last week. Mm. You only had fifty-four yards, guys. No touchdown. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the lower. Oh, okay. I'm Fair gonna take enough. the lower. All right. Um, we'll go into the comments again. So Benny's going higher, at least. No, so that's no burn yet. Higher, seventy-five at least. Um, Labars is saying this is easy, higher 70 plus and a touchdown. So we're expecting like a yeah, if he gets a touchdown, he's there, right? I mean, yeah, that's, I, I, that's it pretty much. Yeah, if he gets a touchdown, that's him, got it pretty much. Um, higher, he has been consistent. Yeah, I can't think, unfortunately, with how those Giants referees played the part. Oh, it, yeah, it, yeah, that, that, he could have that a huge game, he could have he, a huge that, game. There yep. should have been. Like it should have been like a twelve to thirteen points at least that Next. that last game. Um, Gallup will be in the pitch count from Joe. Um, Labarsky, the rush brown chemistry is real, and Joe is actually went lower. So you're not the only one. Uh, so we've actually had, yep, two lows from yourself, next, and one from Joe who failing all the way from Italy. All right, and finally, from the Cowboys' perspective, it was the Cowboys' defense, and I believe it was 7.6 points? 7.9, I think. 7.9. Yes, 7.9. So, and this kind of seems to be the average they're going about right now. They've had like an 8.1 and an 8.2 and a 6.9. So, on average, it's kind of even. So, um. We'll start off with yourself next. Go back in reverse order again. Okay. I'm going to go higher because I think Turbo's going to take one to the house. Oh, we're finally. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. I'm going higher because Turpin takes one to the house. That's where I'm at. All right. Okay. Um, Lauren? Come on, Lauren. Go on. On, the um, <laughs> on the train, Lauren. Come on. Let's go. Here we go. Kill <laughs> Yeah, let's go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're going higher. All the all way right. up, Lauren. Ain't no stopping him. He's all the way Ain't up. Ain't no go. stopping him now. <laughs> He's on the move. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, uh, Cowboys defense, 7.9, higher or lower? Yeah. I'm 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 getting on the Knicks, on the next cool idea. Higher, higher. Yeah, oh, higher. It's got it's got 
how he how he's been retaining the gate in, in the retaining game is a little bit like how um oh, what was his name now? Um the kid from North Carolina that went to the Steelers after us, Ryan Switzer. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's kind of, he was bursting week after week, he was getting more yeah, he's just the the guy's so explosive, he's fun to watch. Yep. Uh, for for myself, I'm expecting a a, a, a high sack count against this uh, offensive line. I'm expecting Wentz to make mistakes, not in dealing with the speed factor of how our defensive front operate. I'm going to go way higher. Oh, let's like, go! I'm going way higher. Clean sweep, baby. <laughs> All right, so 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 now we've covered the Cowboys. Here comes the uh, Commanders. Mm. All right. Carson Wentz, 15.5 points. I'm going to be the opposite of Lauren. Lower. Just, just go ahead and mark me across the board. Lower. Just I'm all no, the way. Yeah. Low, all low, the way across all the, of this low. is lower. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lauren, you're going low? Yep. So, uh, Jamie? Oh, he's going well lower than that. All right. And I'm going to say even. On this one, oh, you're thinking them garbage time yards, ain't you? Look yeah, you. I'm thinking. I, I, I see think, what you're doing there. I'm thinking garbage <laughs> time, and the way how I, I'm typing this up, H is high, E's for even, and L's for low. So uh, my actual <laughs> my string of answers actually spells out spells out he he right now. <laughs> That's great. Uh, um, oh, sorry, I actually forgot to cover the guys uh, the comments for all the defense. So um, no, run it. Yep, so Labarski's went lower for the defense. No, 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 oh, 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 no, 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 up oops. above that. Yeah, keep oh, oh yes, yes, there thank you. you. There go. we go. Uh, Gilbert's went for higher defensive scores. Dallas defense over from DJ Dog. Turnovers will happen along with the sacks. Uh, higher once is a turnover machine. We're going to have like 22 sacks. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, Labarski, I wish, I wish that was true, man. Uh, <laughs> That's great. And, that is great. And <laughs> points, which is Wentz gives the ball but pretty easy. All right. Okay. Uh, now we've got the answers for Carson Wentz. So Labastis went with lower. Joe's went lower. Uh, Commanders might be down for lower across the board. Uh, again, Labastis coming out. No chance for Wentz. Gilbert going lower. And yeah, Lex has got your back. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next one on the list, if you keep sliding across, <laughs> it was Anthony Anthony Gibson with 13.3 points. Higher or lower? And we'll start with you, Lauren. I'll go even on this one just to be Ooh. slightly different. Okay. Um, I think you know, we, we've like given up one, we've given up one touch there in a week, and I think he'll probably get it. And other than that, it'll be you know, 20, 20 yards cat receiving about 40 yards rushing or so. So, yeah, I think that, that works to about even. Yeah, yeah, that kind of works up to within the 12 points, 13 points region. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. Um, Jamie, what are your thoughts? Higher or lower? Lower. Lower from Jamie. Straight, straight away. No hesitation. Next, where are we thinking, my friend? Man, I'm so disappointed in Lauren right now. He was such a good streak. He was all high. He was looking all in on the all low, and he broke it up. Ah, lower. 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 All right. 
I'm gonna. I, I'm kind of in a way. I can see where Lauren is coming with because you made the point earlier, uh, though, next about the run play option. Mm-hmm. This is where I think this could actually be the thing for uh, Gibson to kind of get those extra yards, those ugly yards, and potentially that touchdown. So I'm kind of inclined to say even as well. Unfortunately, I do think it will be lower than what it is, but I think within that. 13.3 mark it's kind of i can believe that could be the case but i don't see it being one of those running backs that say oh he's 13 points that he had a good game nah it's just pretty much it pretty could much be garbage yards again um okay so comments wise joe's went with even uh the has went even we haven't yet shown we can shut down the run. Technically, we have, but it's just I think it, a, especially in the especially interior defense, in the interior defensive line, like like, like sort of the Gizura, they've been managed to kind of force the running back to move out wide to not move up field as effectively enough. But um, Gilbert, he's went lower, and and only reason it's lower if McKayse gets the receptions. Oh, that's a good shout. The back the other running by depending how much they want to kind of swap Gibson in and out. That's a good shout. All right. Um, next person is Curtis Samuel with 9.9 yards, I believe it was. Uh yes, nine nine point nine. Yep, nine point nine. Um, we'll start off with you next. Man, I'm going lower across the board. I don't care. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't saying hi for none of these cats. That's where I'm at. Washington yes. is my number one in this division I don't like. I'm old school that way. So, yeah, you know, maybe I'll give him a little love here when we get to this uh, game prediction. Right, man, put it, put L's across, uh, across the board. L's for all Washington is where I'm at. Lower. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going that way for, for the remainder as well. I'm going lower on all he's the back, remainder. He's back, he's back. Jamie, are we going to make this a full circle here? Because I'm going lower. Oh, yeah, definitely went lower, man. Yeah, definitely. Right, okay, so uh, Joe's went lower. Labarsky's went lower and Gilbert's went lower. So we're lowered across the board in this one. So um, Terry McLaurin, 9.8, who is the more number one target, which I'm quite surprised about. He's been rated lower in terms of projections than Curtis Samuel, but um, higher or lower? Uh, I'll just let you guys uh, feed it off this time. Lore. <laughs> lore from Lauren. The press is down. <laughs> down from next. Jamie. I'm, I'm going to go slightly higher only because I saw that. I, I think you're probably knocking on the on the door of 10 rather than 9.8. But Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you in that one there because he might get the touchdown. He might just only have like... 45 yards or something that's enough to kind of push it over the line so i'm going to say higher than that one um next up we have is the washington defense at the final one oh sorry before we move up we've got everyone in the comments so labarski lower for sure only a td per game and i'm only giving that to gibson fair enough 
Um, I agree with Nick's Laura across the board from Gilbert. It's called Joel's, Gilbert. Laura from Joel from Italy. And uh, yeah, uh, Laura will get one on digs for Gambo. So this is uh, so that's for the defense. Sorry, I'll go back to that in a wee second. Okay, so like I said, uh, the Washington defense is five point was it five point six? Five point eight, I think it was. Five point eight. Uh, yes, it was. Five point eight. Yeah. Yeah. Five point eight. Um, Lauren. Yeah, lower. Go on, lower. <laughs> All right. Your actual results actually looks like it's spelling out hell. So it does. <laughs> <laughs> That's what really... people watch it in Sunday. Hell. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we we. We're we're gonna let Carson Wentz um, dig his own grave first of all before we put him in it. So I mean, hey, they're they're breaking out the black jerseys. That's what you wear for a funeral. It'll be Carson yeah. Wentz. We made we said that early in the start of the show. It's like yeah. it's like it's like Washington are just coming up for a fashion statement or going to a funeral rather than just like the Johnson game. last week bringing out the all whites and apparently yeah. the Eagles are breaking out the black. It's, it's, it's because it's always against the Cowboys. <laughs> they want to kind of look good. They want to look good on Monday Night Football <laughs> primetime TV. Uh, but um, so Lawrence went lower. Next, I know your answer that's going to be lower. Miguel, damn it, lower the Cowboys are scoring some serious points this weekend. Yep, I'm, I'm going all low in this one. Um, so finally, for um, everyone in the chat, Joe's went lower. Big Lebowski, lower. You would get one on one. Diggs Gamble, Gilbert's went lower. Lebowski again coming down with lower. It thinks our offense on this game in the rush for shuns it doesn't turn over. And Joe has made the comments that I'm with next, not giving these dead stent. Oh, we can't even say that anymore. Oh. <laughs> no, nothing but nothing but the lower store. Oh, so yeah. see, we can still go on the team without a proper good name or something like that. There we go. Um, but yeah, um, so with that being said, let's get our final score predictions. And I'm gonna start off in alphabetical order. Lauren, no, Jamie. Jamie. Uh, my God, my alphabetical order is just. I'm trying to figure it out there for a <laughs> second there. So, yeah, like, ah, the alphabet with my hands there. <laughs> uh, Jamie. So, give me your store predictions, and everyone at home. Put in your store predictions. We'll get them displayed up, uh, up, and we'll read it out. And uh, yeah, let's go. Uh, I thought, I'm, I'm going to stick to this trend that the Cowboys are going to absolutely trounce these people on. <laughs> Same people play there again. We're going to swear and call them something else. Advice you, but forty-one ten to the Cowboys. Forty-one ten. All right, I'll t- I'll take a note of that. Okay, Jamie is went for forty-one to ten. Uh, next will will be Lauren. Yep. So I'm going thirty-eight eleven. Thirty-eight eleven. Okay. Yep. Am I seeing a pattern here? Nah, Nick, she's going to go nine six to the Cowboys here. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Man, look, and then and, and here comes a little bit of dose of reality, ladies and gentlemen. Let me set my Kool-Aid down for a second. It's <laughs> look, we've won two games in a row. Okay. Yep. However, 
there's been moments in both of these games that could have went left for him, right? Uh, offensive, right? And and even even in the third quarter, right? You were down 13-6 on the road to the to the Giants. So I do think the Cowboys win. I do think the style of the style of game that they're playing and what's happening in and where the Washington Commanders are currently, I think it's going to be a little bit tighter game, guys. I do think the Cowboys win, though. I do think the Cowboys win. I think the Cowboys are going to win this game 24-13. All right. Okay, 24-13 for next. Uh, for myself, I'm kind of in the kind of ballpark. Is if we look at the, the three games in a row, we've managed to keep every single offense down to 20 points. So I'm going to keep on with that theme. And I'm going to say it's going to be slightly above 24, but below 38. So I'm going to say Cowboys 31, Washington Commanders 17. I like it. Right. I like it. Actually, what did they say? 31? Yeah, 31, I said. 117. But I I almost forgot my own score there. My God. Uh, But yes, let me see. uh, in the comments here, get everyone's predictions up. So, Joe is going for 40 to 15 for Dallas. Labarsi is going 27 13. Gilbert's went for 36, no, sorry, 35 to 6. Wow. Okay. I like it. I like it. I hope that's the case. Um, I, I just want to caution Cowboys Nation. One thing that I've been able to Take to the bank when it comes to the Cowboys. When it's like there's no way they can win, Bengals, they win. Then it's mm-hmm. oh, you're feeling good. Oh, the Cowboys are ready to explode, and everyone has them winning big. Yeah, that's the, that's the great. That's, the that's great, why I had to, that's why I had to bring in a little bit of the oh, it's gonna yeah. be a tight game. <laughs> as the as the great Brad Sham, the voice of the Dallas Cowboys, always says to us on our show, it's like take this game at a time. Don't think about the next game. Think just think about this game this and. Think about this one. Don't get ahead and try and get your hopes up. Just think about the, the now moment. So, but yes, that has been our preseason game show, guys. And uh, as you may know, we'll be back on Tuesday for the post-game show with Brian hosting. Um, we might have some special guests on. I'm not entirely too sure, uh, but we will keep you posted. Uh, but yes, with that being said, we'll... Just quickly, um, Paul, sorry for jumping in. Um, just because it's... Only because I've just noticed it now. Um, this week's the first of the London games, it? so if anybody... Oh yes, of course. Um, th- this is it, London, be sure to send pictures to our social, to the group socials and get it all shared. That's right. If you're a part of the UK Cowboys fans and you're going to these London games, it's coming up right now. I think it, this weekend is the Jags and Broncos game. Is that right? No, it's uh, Saints Vikings. Oh, you've, that... you've got you've got the halftime show of Young Blood as well. So, oh wow, that'll be pretty cool. <laughs> I should quite like Young Blood. He's got some good songs. But anyhow, uh, but yes. Um, but uh, as you may see, our special guest here next, tell us uh, where can everyone find you and where to follow, and they uh, will actually get our little banner up so we can actually show you where you are. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah, the pick six right there between. I got Jay Tuck and Will Steel. The wheels are still young Skywalker still. That is uh, pick six sports over here on YouTube is where you can come find us every Wednesday and every Friday, eight thirty p.m. Central. Uh, you can catch me, Spoonie, Mary Ella. I got Professor O, aka Matt Owen, in the building delivering that content. We actually have midday shows rolling now with uh, Camber Massey and our guy Stevie J as well. And uh, I just crossed over the uh, thirty nine hundred follower mark. I'm marching my way to four k on Twitter. So if you want to come follow me, as I said on the bottom of my 
picture throughout tonight's show or day show for me though um over here in the big old east texas the piney woods as we call it it's simply at your underscore guy underscore nicks and i actually come give me a follow because as soon as we wrap here i'm actually going to go over there and run a twitter space and talk about uh this potential trap game but that's that but the cowboys are winning though don't yep. fall for the cheese yep so <laughs> be sure to go and check out uh next and uh, go and check out his twitter space and join in the conversation because i don't know how many times i've came onto the onto the twitter space and actually way past my bedtime and just can't <laughs> stop talking about football and it's been great <laughs> so yeah be sure hey, to go check yeah, him this out. is my home away from home over here with you guys man i, lo- I love coming over here man yeah so before we, we do this off yeah yeah definitely so before before we do finish off guys be sure to go and check out our sponsor as well cowboys experience for the ultimate meet and great stadium tours game tickets and tailgate experience get to meet players like michael parsons jay Novacek, travis frederick sat martin even the hall of famer drew pearson will be there in attendance be sure to use the code uk cowboys guys what do you use if you get the discount code free stuff you get free stuff and with that, it gets no better. Yeah, and with and with our sponsor for next year, yes, next year we'll be having our own UK Cowboys fans travel package. So all the information will be available on our Facebook group for more details. If you want to contact Cowboys Experience directly as well, they you can get you can get more information from them there also. But with that being said, guys, it's been an absolute honor. Next, thank you for coming on to the show, Appreciate Jamie. You, the godfather of UK Cowboys and my fellow, my fellow countryman Lauren. It's a good night from all of us. And yes, go Cowboys. Let's do it. Yep. Come on. Three and one, baby. Three and one, baby. <laughs>